It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and we're joined by uh, Mr. Gallagher today. Thanks for coming down. Absolutely. Always fun to fun to get on with you guys, uh, especially at this point in the season where we can kind of dive into some uh, interesting topics, maybe not discuss games as much, kind of you know, get around and talk about some cool stuff today. Well, it's always good when there's content yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. In th- at this time of year because it's sometimes you're stretching to, to yes. figure out what to talk about. But yep. we have a couple really interesting things. I think we'll get in at least as much of an update as we can with the Sandusky situation. Yep. We're going to talk about a potential Thumb Super Conference. But you were also at the Blue Water Area All-Star Game on – Tuesday. 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 Yes, Tuesday. Yep. Tuesday. So, I mean, I thought it was a good event, but give us your Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really cool and, you know, um the the game was played in memory of Jim Weimer cuz when he was when he was at SC4, he put all those games together. Right. And if you guys remember, it was baseball, softball, volleyball, boys basketball, girls basketball. And you know, it's kind of cool that they brought back the baseball because you know, Jim Weimer always did a really good job of making sure that Sanilac County was represented, not only in the Times-Herald, but in those all-star games. So it was cool to see that many Sanilac County kids playing in the uh, game on Tuesday. And, you know, uh, Ethan Marshall from Arlette, two scoreless innings, uh, the only two scoreless innings for, for the there West. There was a lot of scores. <laughs> yeah, the, the first two runs of the game for the West, a double from Noah Perks, you know, so... Uh, it was nice to see those Sanilac County kids get a shot to uh, show that, you know, they can play baseball as well. And, uh, you know, credit to the Algonac baseball coach. He was the one who kind of yep, brought Scott it back. Thayer. Yeah, yeah. So uh, credit to him. Uh, I thought it was a really cool event, and uh, hopefully it's something that they can continue to do. Uh, it seemed like there was a great crowd, um, which with those all-star games, you never really know. But uh, it, I thought it was a really cool event. Yeah. I thought it, it went really well, too. Yeah. Now, maybe in the upcoming years, maybe bring, bring back some of those other other sports. You know, maybe you guys could do that. Maybe you yeah, guys. Yeah, <laughs> we have. It, it, we, we actually thought about it, I think, the first year of well, like we, some kind I mean, of an all-star it, game. It always came up, but it's just if we had one or two other people just to help with stuff. Right. Because you know how busy it gets during spring and, mm-hmm. and winter. If we had a spare day to do it, but right? That, yeah. that is something on the grandiose wish wish list. Yeah, to kind of take our drafted teams we do and make that right. Kind yeah, of yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah. All star. Yeah, game. We had our uh, Thumb Sports Writers Association All Star Games last Friday for uh, boys and girls basketball, and uh, it was the ninth ninth game that we've had, and uh, it. The past couple years, you know, due to COVID, attendance was a little bit down. But this year, we were back full force, uh, so that was kind of cool. And uh, you know, two really good games. And those all-star games, they're they're really cool because you get to see these kids that compete against each other all year play with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was a weird sight to see Marlette and Brown City high-fiving each other in yeah. the dugout. You know, the other night, but. Yeah. You know, it, it's cool. It's cool for for us as fans, but it's also kind of cool for the kids to have those uh, type of opportunities. All right. Well, let's not waste any more time. We have, I, I have a feeling we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, so Dennis, anything else before we wrap up the intro? No, we'll just uh, we'll get it rolling here in a uh, few minutes. Uh, the Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. 
When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall and Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and Closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, Replace them with Anderson windows with low-E glass, low-maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Brady Fort Huron. here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel head to their store at 901 michigan avenue in marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom their already impressive selection has now doubled i guarantee if you go into tp logos you will find something you love for your local team if they don't have what you like they'll custom make something just for you that's tp logos at 901 michigan avenue in marysville Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Garrett Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Garrett Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor 
Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of physicians and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810 810- 987-6400 extension 132 finding that missing shin guard remembering whether it's a home or away game getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day why are simple things sometimes so complicated thankfully with auto owners insurance doesn't have to be one of them we work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like not being that fan oh come on ref that's simple human sense For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and uh, we've got Mr. Gallagher. I call him Mr. Yeah, that's uh, He earns it. Far too much, yeah. <laughs> Probably the nicest thing I've ever been called. So, yeah. Well, we're, we're not old. We're, right. The, the, well, were we at the All Star Game and we were talking about something? I think it was, might have been with you. I was like, something happened in 2013. I'm like, oh, that's not that long. Oh my oh, god. Oh yeah. That was 10 yep. years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was like, oh, good god. That yep. happens to me on a daily basis with Brady. Where I'll go, well, just a couple of years ago, so and then Brady will look at it. Oh, that was 1999. Right. 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 In my mind, it was just a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, speaking of calling people names, oh, we're still yeah. trying to figure out what names they're going to call right Sandusky. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's start with that one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think since the last time we've talked, I, I don't know that we talked about the finalists the last time. I, I don't, don't know. think you, were he- you weren't here for the list. Right. I think that, I was uh, here when they officially retired it, maybe. Yeah, and I so think we that talked was... about maybe the semi the semi-finalists right, when they right. got five, but I don't think we've discussed it since. They yeah. narrowed it down to three, and then they put out the explanation list right, right, of the three right. finalists, which yeah. only confused me more. Right, so for those of you that don't know, uh, the three finalists are the Sandusky Storm, the Sandusky Knights, and the Sandusky Ravens. Um, I know Brady's probably went in depth about these choices, um it's uh personally underwhelming yeah underwhelming yeah I, i'm gonna try and you know not not go on a big rant like brady i, I gotta <laughs> no, go ahead that's I, why I, we brought, I, right. why I, we brought I, you here i want to sound a little bit unbiased considering uh, i'm reporting on the, oh, the yeah, issue we're not. but <laughs> we're not journalists. um i think you know just yeah a little bit underwhelming um but only underwhelming because of the criteria that they put out for the mascots and i think that's been the main complaint of people 
Um, because when you look at the criteria, none of them really make any sense. I believe there was 14 different pieces of criteria mm-hmm. for an, uh, for a nomination. Yes. And, you know, they they just don't really fit. And some of the big ones were have no, no pro or college affiliation. Right. Well, the three finalists all have professional. The right. Ravens are obviously the Baltimore Ravens, which on the list they put said right. not associated. Right. Yeah, that's a big miss. Right. You have the Vegas Golden Knights or the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So you have Knights, and that's yeah. – and, and then you have the Seattle Storm of the WNBA. Mm-hmm. So, like – that that criteria list they put out, yeah. I think they did it and then didn't follow it, and that's what's really coming back to stab right. them in the back. Well, and it would have been really hard to find something that would fit all of that criteria, but you could have found something that fits most of the criteria, right? And or the other one, the other of big it. one that I think a lot of people, at least myself, have had problems with is has to do with Sandusky or relate to right. Sandusky, right? And None of them really do. No. Like, no. not, you don't think of anything. Like, I don't hear Sandusky and go, oh, better bring a poncho. Right. It's going right. to yeah. right. storm capital of the right. thumb. Right. It like, rains everywhere. Yeah, right. Like, or you go there, it's like, watch out. There's going to be ravens flying everywhere. Right. Like, right. Well, and I think maybe that, that wasn't exactly one of the most important criteria because, that you know, again, that's kind of tougher to, you know, find something that fits the area that can also represent your school. But I, I don't I, – it just I, – I feel like they could have been a little bit more creative. Um, now, obviously, I don't have any – alternatives i'm not offering any solutions bucks. i'm only yeah well the bucks yeah that would have been that would have that been seemed uh, like this but anyway um i think we talked about this a little bit at the baseball game it yeah. just seemed a little rushed it did yeah like they didn't realize what was the how all-encompassing this is right and how serious i think a lot of people were going to take it mm-hmm. it's not you're not choosing a prom theme Right. It, this is going to be the identity for a long, long. You're probably no one alive now is probably going to get to do another Sandusky rebrand. Right. Well, how often do you see a high school rebrand? Right. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen one uh, around here. I guess that's the question I haven't there asked yet. Like for you, like how serious are people taking this? Like how big of a deal is it? You know, it's it's interesting because it, it's really hard to get a read on it because the people that are against it are going to be the most vocal. You know, the people that don't have a problem with it or are like, yeah, you know, we should change it. That's that's racist. You know, it's it's inappropriate. Those people aren't going to be coming to the board meetings yelling at the school board that, that oh, yeah, we agree with you, you know. And yeah. They're not going to be getting on Facebook. And well, and a, a lot of the, like you said, want to just keep the old name. Right. They don't care about any – They could right. you could have put any name in front of them. They would have said it's terrible. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's – I I want to say it's kind of the vocal minority that are against it. But, I mean, it's really hard to say, you know. But I, from what I've noticed, you know, uh, I've been covering the board meetings since October, November – and you know it's bless you for that well (laughs) it's been interesting but for you know for public comment it's it's a lot of the same people a lot of the same issues 
Um, this past Monday, they had another meeting, and there was quite a few people there for public comment. Um, but unfortunately for those people, you know, it, it's too late. There was nobody there at the April meeting when mm -hmm. they voted to retire it. There was nobody there when they brought in the Native American representative to do his presentation. There was nobody there for that. There was nobody at the last meeting. So, I mean, it. my thing, is, my thing has been these people that are upset about it changing and they're going on Facebook and you know they, they're they're upset and they're throwing their opinions out there what they needed to do was go to the school board meeting and talk to the school board which is what the board was asking for right because if you would have went and you know if 200 people would have went to the board meeting and said we don't want this and then the board went ahead and changed it anyway then you could say, oh, they didn't listen to us. We, we said we didn't want it to change, and they didn't listen to us. But now it's just, oh, we didn't want this to change. They didn't listen to us, but also we didn't tell them, you know. Exactly, right. yeah. So at this point, I think what, what, what the people need to do now is, you know, it's over. It's, it's retired. Now you need to shift your focus on to what the next mascot is going to be, which, you know, it – like you said, I, I feel like that part's been a little bit rushed, but the whole process, like the board has done their due diligence. Yes, I was because only referring to the new name. Exactly. You said it was, what, about six months since yeah. they first brought it yep. up to when it was officially retired? Right, and when they first brought it up, they decided, you know, we're going to send out questionnaires to the community. We're going to bring in a Native American representative. We're going to invite the public to come for public comment. And, you know, at the meetings when they did show up for public comment, the board did a good job of letting people say what they wanted to say, even if it got a little bit off the rails, you know. So I think in that respect, you know, they did their due diligence. They, they went through the process and, you know, made an informed decision on retiring it. But at this point now, the selection of the new mascot, yes, has been a little bit rushed. And, you know, we're, it's what, end of June? And yeah, people listening to this, it's July. It's the right. 4th of July. Right. So that works into my next question. Yeah. Football season, at least practice, starts in what, five weeks? Yeah. Just about? Yeah. Second week of August. Yeah. You are telling me that even if we picked, like, we got done recording and you had a text saying, okay, this is the name of Sandusky, mm -hmm. it's going to be tough to get all the stuff for right. for fall sports. Right. At what point do you kind of have to delay this a year? Right. Because it was you said it was the April meeting when they decided to retire it. Yeah. So that right there started the clock and gave you May, June, July, and August. Right. Not even – July. It gave you three months. Right. And we, I kind of knew it was going to be a long process, mm -hmm. and we still really haven't gotten out of the starter blocks besides right. retiring the mascot. Right. Is there a chance that, all jokes aside, that we have the Sandusky football team right. and the Sandusky girls basketball team this mm -hmm. year? Well, the thing, the thing that I think a lot of people may not have realized or may not have noticed, but... Over the past few years, Sandusky has already gone away from the Redskins and the Native American imagery on their uniforms and stuff. Most, it, most of the uniforms just say Sandusky. Um, I believe the softball team, 
I think their jerseys said Lady Redskins or Lady Skins or something like that. But those jerseys are also five years old. All, every time, you know, these newer jerseys don't have Redskins on right. it anyway. And that was actually something that um, they mentioned at the meeting. And I, I didn't realize this, but um, the companies that make the helmet stickers, yeah, they won't make Redskins logos anymore. So I don't know if they I, – I, I can't picture what the helmet looked like last year if it just didn't have a sticker on it or if it had a number on it. So, I mean, in that respect – It would look fine just with an S on it. Right. It really well, that's the other thing. They've, they've started to use the block S a lot more. You see that a lot more. Um, so right now their priority is – maybe not replacing everything, but at least getting rid of all the Native American, you know, the Redskins logo. Which is logos. a process. And by the way, oh, it, it, is, it yeah. looks like they might have still had, like, leftover helmets okay. with it on. I don't see. And if it wasn't, it was just a black helmet. Okay, yeah. But just a quick Google image search shows yeah. that. But yeah. Again, you if you – with these new names, okay, the Ravens, you can't be red and black with the Ravens. You wouldn't think you'd no. stay red and black. The storm, maybe. Yeah. And the nights, you could make it work. But in all honesty, you're probably going to get at least somewhat of a color change with the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, in the black S, I believe it's more of a red and white. I don't know if there's any black with the black S. I think it's a red and white logo. Let's see. Um, let's go back to this. But um, yeah, it's. You're gonna. There's a lot involved, and I just don't know if they were fully prepared for everything. Right. Like they didn't realize the magnitude yeah. of this. And do you think anybody would be upset if they said, "Listen, we're not gonna rush this. Right. We're going to be Sandusky for a year, mm-hmm. or we can even if we pick a new name, but we're not getting new stuff right. until the 23-24 season." Well, you know. At this point, it sounds like that's what's going to happen anyway, um, because at the board meeting on Monday, um, the board said that the grant that they applied for. um, So basically, when when high schools move away from the Native American imagery, there's Native American groups that provide grants for the school to cover the expenses for that. Mm -hmm. And with Sandusky, they applied for the grant, but they were denied because they weren't far enough into the process. They don't even have a new mascot selected. And, you know, there was a lot of other schools around the country that are applying for these grants. So now Sandusky, they applied, I believe it was $169,000 grant. A lot of money. But in, in, in that proposal, that was, okay, we're going to get rid of everything and we're going to get brand new everything for the whole school. We're going to deck out the school with our new right. – So, you know, that's Which you would that's expect. the high end of what they needed to redo the whole school. So now without that grant, they have to go back to the drawing board and what they're saying now is what what they want to do is just get rid of the Native American imagery around the school and – just leave it at that for a year until they can apply for the grant next year and when they have a mascot selected. So, I mean, I think for a year it will be that way. It'll, you know, they'll, I, they'll probably select a new mascot, but you're not going to see jerseys with the Sandusky Storm or you're not going to see a Storm logo around the school. Yeah, That's going to be something that's going to be another, another year probably. Which seems like the smart thing to do. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, it – 
to get rid of the stuff, like I said, there you don't see that logo. I mean, uh, in the gym, it's 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 in the gym quite a bit, and you know that's something they they're already working on. They're redoing the floor, mm-hmm. and but really, there's only a few places where you have to remove that. You know, the signage coming into the school and stuff. Um, so I, I don't know if fifteen thousand dollars is realistic. They said five thousand of that is going to be for the removal of the uh, the logo on the on the gym floor. And I mean, I guess ten thousand dollars to cover the rest of getting rid of everything. I, that's but, probably but a fair rid number. Getting rid of isn't the tough part, right? You can paint. Oh, I mean, we can go buy a can of red or white or black paint and paint right. over something it's right. the adding everything new right is, that's when you right. need that grant which but, yeah which and when they voted to retire the mascot that they made an amendment to the um before they voted on it and they mm-hmm. said you know if we do this a majority of the funds can't come from the school's general fund balance so Grant money, you Basically know, fundraiser saying, money. I'm, assu- I'm assuming knowing that that grant existed. Right. Saying this is what we'll pay for. Right. Which, and they couldn't apply for the grant until they retired. So, I mean, it's kind of a catch-22. Yeah. You know, they they were counting on that that grant, but also they couldn't apply for it until it was retired. Because that that is one of the, you know, legitimate concerns of the people of Sandusky is, you know, our tax money shouldn't be going to the removal of this you know it should be going to more important stuff within the school and that's a legitimate complaint i think you mm-hmm. know but you know and i i they seemed pretty sure that you know once they reapply next year they're going to get the grant money well, if, and, if they have a name picked by then well yeah that too yeah yeah so and so for now, the fifteen thousand that is going to come out of the school's general fund, but that's also something that they can reimburse with the grant. So, I mean, as long as it stays at fifteen thousand, right? I mean, that seems reasonable, but I don't know. It's just it just seems like it kind of, and I understand it. It's tough because you know, like we said, they couldn't apply for the grant until they retired it, and right? But it does seem like they kind of maybe not screwed it up. It got but out it's of like, hand. yeah, like when you say that a majority of the money can't come from the school's fund, and then right away, fifteen thousand right. dollars are coming from the school's fund. Uh, that's people are going to be upset about right. that. But so, on the other hand, they they didn't they don't really have a choice. I right. mean, that's just what you got to do. So, Dennis, if you have, do you have any more questions? I, I have just, one more. You know, uh, my my thing is is that no matter what they pick, yeah. I'm not going to like it. Yep. But by the end of the first school year, that they're that name. Yep. I'll be used to it. Exactly. And it'll just you'll at least tolerate it. That's, well, and and it'll just become the norm. Right. And I that mean, that was going to be right away. No matter what they picked, it was going to sound weird. It was going to just, it wasn't going to sound right. People weren't going to like it, no matter what, really. But you would have gotten used to it. Right. I mean, let's be honest. There are some teams that we cover that probably could use a rebrand. Yeah. 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 There are some that are really good names that we like, and there are some that are very bland. But yeah. my last question on this um, so, how does the final decision get made? And when would be like some benchmarks to see, okay, it could be happening then? Like, who could who ultimately makes the final decision of the school mascot? Right. So um, this is something that we've talked about, you know, and 
they 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 gave a lot of power to the students, which I, I believe that is the right decision. You know, it's their it's going to be it's their mascot. Right. And, you know, at the meeting, uh, uh, I, I think a pretty important point was made, you know, because these these members of the community felt that they should be part of the selection process. And but these are the same people that are, that are saying, oh, I, I'm a redskin. I'll, right. I'll always be a redskin. And it's like, OK, well, that's that's yours. This mascot is going to be theirs. So the, uh, maybe they gave too much power to the kids. Uh, maybe somebody should have stepped in and made some suggestions, maybe. But maybe some checks and balances. Maybe, yeah. But I, I th- that that brings us to our next point. At the end of the day, it is going to be the board's decision. So I believe what they're going to do is the student committee is going to select their, you know, they're going to select one of the three. And then they're going to take it to the board, and then the board will have an ultimate decision on it. And they're hopeful to do that by July, by the July meeting. Um, Which would I be don't what, know. end of July? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's – I think their meetings are the third Monday of the month. Gotcha. Or so fourth. I'm going to assume, and I know that's a dangerous thing to mm-hmm. do, but I'm assuming that at least the three or five finalists – were at least somewhat approved by the board because I couldn't imagine them yeah. going through this contest going, all right, we're the Ravens. Yeah. And the school board goes, that right. sucks. No. Right. <laughs> right. Start over. Right. Okay, what about the storm? That sucks too. Right. Nope. And then right. you're back to square one. Yeah. I'm imagining they at least got, hey, we're good with yes. any of these three names. Yes. Yeah. Would yeah. you veto these? And they said no. Right. But Right. The other thing, oh, sorry, I don't mean to keep going on, but one other thing that I thought has been a little odd is there hasn't even, or maybe there hasn't, I haven't seen it, but even like a mock-up for a potential logo. Yeah, that was kind of disappointing too because they had said, uh, you know, once we get down to three finalists, we're going to do that. We're going to mock up, you know, what the new logo would potentially be. And I think that would help people, you know, because right. – what happened – again – at, not apples to apples, but what happens when there's a proposed relocation or yeah. a proposed expansion team? They show people logos. They give people something to go, ooh, that looks good. Right. And, yeah, it may be a name you don't like, but they have a nice logo. And it doesn't have to be down to the detail, just a black and white kind of stencil. Right. Just something, yeah. Just something to yeah. give you a visual representation. Right. Because I, I just don't want it to be – like. The the block S is fine for certain things, mm-hmm. but it's kind of generic. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like when Cleveland when they were just when they just used the C. The C. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah. I understand why you're using it, yeah. but it's boring. Yeah. Even the Michigan State block S. I mean, it looks all right. I mean, fads come and go, but right. like they ha- there's so many better logos. It's more of a secondary logo. Yes, yeah. and that's what it always was. Was a secondary right, and logo. I don't want it to be something like. An S with just a Ravenclaw in it or something yeah, like yeah, that. Just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I hope they don't just take the easy way out there. Right, right. Throw a lightning bolt through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least give me Thor's hammer. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> um, I'm, this this will probably be the last time we talk about the mascot. Maybe maybe when they select a new one. But well, we'll have you I, on at some point yeah. before football camp starts. Right, but I do just want to say – you know, there was a lot of people upset about the name change for, like, political reasons, you yeah. know, cancel culture, uh, wokeness, stuff like that. But there's also people in the community that understand 
that it's not politically correct, but in Sandusky, Redskin pride, that is a, that is a real thing, you know, and I, I was talking to someone at one of the board meetings after one of the board meetings. And I think, I think he put it kind of perfectly. Like, yeah, if we're selecting a new mascot tomorrow, we're obviously not going to pick the Redskins. You know, right. I know that's inappropriate. I know it's not politically correct, but to us, that means more than than just you know. It's it's not just a mascot to them. You know, they take pride right. in it. Is it is unlike any other school? They really do take pride in that name, and you know, it is tough for them to then realize that hey, this is offensive when they take pride in something like this, and that's that's why. It, I understand why some people have been upset for that reason. And that is tough because, you know, Sandusky is a very proud town and they are really proud of their high school athletic teams. And, you know, they, but they realize, you know, you got, you got to make the change. You know, it's one thing that will solve a lot of that if you have a lot of success. That'll help. If yes. you yeah. change the name <laughs> yeah. and year one or two, the football team wins a regional title. Yep. Yeah, that's going to that's yeah. going to ease a little bit of the pain. Yeah. So. And I think I think we might have mentioned this the last time we were on, but I think the one of the most maybe not the most interesting things is but when we talk about Al DeMont, how he's, you know, chasing that record, right. it's going to be interesting looking at the MHSA record book and for 40 years yeah. he coached for the Sandusky Redskins. And then for one season, he coached a Sandusky Storm. You yeah, know. or Knights. Or yeah, Ravens yeah. Or. Anyway, I think we need to get this moving because we're going to have a long discussion in the next segment yeah. about the, uh, what, the potential super conference. Yes, we're super seeing. conference, mega conference. Mega super conference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sort through that. Right. And, and this is going to be fun in just a moment. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV... The engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall and Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and Closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, 
bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Magna International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis and Brady joined by uh, Mike Gallagher today. And now this should be fun. 
Well, yeah, this does affect Sandusky too. Yes, mm-hmm. but it affects a lot more. Um, our favorite topic: realignment. Yeah, and not Brady's just favorite topic, and not yeah. just Mac realignment, but possibly a shakeup of three. Well, technically four. Two. Yeah, four huge yeah. conferences where there have been rumblings, and Mike, you've been kind of on the ground floor of a thumb super conference that would combine the NCTL Stars and Stripes, Mm -hmm. the GTC East, and the GTC West, essentially making, for lack of a better term, the Mac, but in the thumb. Right. And this is something that's been discussed for a while now, and I think it's finally getting some legs. It's, you know, kind of coming into fruition. Um, They're still in the very early stages of this, um, I think uh, the step they're at right now is going to the superintendents and asking, you know, for a yes or no vote just to kind of just to kind of feel out if, you know, people are on board with this. But it sounds like there is quite a bit of support for this as of right now. And uh, I think it just makes too much sense, you know, especially since we see Brown City move to eight player and we're going to start seeing more of the GTC schools go to eight player, whether that be next year or five years from now. And it's just going to be nice to have that type of flexibility within the conferences, not only for, you know, the fluctuation of enrollments, but also for travel. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a really big thing right, right now. Because look at the North Central Thumb League in – eight-man football you have oakland christian ashley is two hours away right burton atherton and genesee they're those aren't thumb schools no no and the the nctl they they have done a a really good job of preserving that football conference because when uh their last year of 11 player football that had that was when cps akron and owen gage had already went down to eight player and I believe the NCTL had five football yeah. teams, four football teams, something like that. And, you know, when they went to eight player, it wasn't a thing where, okay, CPS, Akron, and Ongage are right back on board because they already had their own conference. Right. So, you know, the NCTL, they did a really good job of re- rebuilding that conference and then ultimately bringing those teams back in. And, you know, there, there was times where the NCTL had three divisions when they were the red, white, and blue, mm-hmm. um, now the stars and stripes. Um, but the NCTL has done a really good job of being one of the premier eight player conferences in the state, really. I mean, they've had some great teams, uh, a lot of balance within the, the um, divisions, because that was. When CPS, Akron, and Ongage initially went to eight player, when they dropped out of the NCTL, they were so much smaller than everybody else, they didn't want to play. Well, when you bring those schools back in, that doesn't really solve that problem unless you have those three divisions where you're allowed to have that really small school division. And I think the NCTL has done a really good job of fitting the needs of their, their schools. Um, but now, you know, things are changing a little bit and it is tough having those schools that are so far away and, you know, with with travel, with the travel costs, with, uh, you know, lack of bus drivers, just all, all kinds of stuff like that. You know, it just, it just makes sense. 
So let's, just for everyone there, let's go over all the teams that are currently in the NCTL and the GTC. Because as I understand it right now, they're not looking to bring in any other outside teams. At this point, I doubt it. So I, it'll I, I just don't be think... kind of a merger. Right. So the GTC with, with the East and West combined is Bad Axe, Brown City, K-Pac, Caro, Cass City, Laker, Harbor Beach, Marlette, Reese, Memphis, Sandusky, Ubley, Unionville, Seabwing, and Vassar. And the NCTL has Akron, Fairgrove, Bay City, All Saints, Caseville, CPS, Deckerville, Dryden, Kingston, Mayville, North Huron, Owen Gage, and Peck. Now, some of those teams don't field all the sports. Correct. And those yeah. are just the, the full-time members because Oakland Christian and Ashley, they're just there for football. Yeah. Yep. So those would be, I'm presuming, all the teams that would be in there. I Yes, that, that would probably be it. Now, I, I doubt the NCTL continues to do the football-only members because they've done that for a few years. They'll have schools that are only there for football. Yeah. They don't play basketball or baseball or track or you know that right. kind of stuff. And I think they'll probably go away from that for good. Um, so yeah, it'll be more of your traditional NCTL teams, and obviously the GTC, which hasn't really changed that much over the years. You know, as of as of late. Um, so it'll be more of your traditional NCTL and GTC together. Now, I what I think they'll probably do is. Similar to the way the NCTL is set up right now, the divisions are set up based on enrollment. Yeah. And I think that also gives you a lot of flexibility there. Um, so you can keep those small schools together and, you know, you can, you can mingle those GTC, you know, the smaller GTC schools with the bigger NCTL schools uh, for sports like basketball right. and stuff like that. Um, because for football, you know, it, it probably won't look too different right off the bat depending on how many gtc schools go eight player because right now there's not any nctl schools that play 11 player and they're the only gtc school that does eight players brown city which is technically well k-pack yeah and they're both technically independent right now um so i think for football, it'll just be uh, uh, an 11-player and an 8-player division with maybe – or an 11-player conference, 8-player conference with maybe two two divisions, which is what we have now. Um, but it'll just give yeah. – Basic, Basically, you're, you're just probably coming up with a new name right. for it. Instead of it's the GTC East and West and the, the Stars and Stripes, it's just the, the mega conference. The super thumb. Yeah, right. the mega conference A division, the mega conference B, whatever. Right. right. And basically for football, what it does is gives these schools that are on the fence about a player or are – have the intention of going eight player it gives them a spot to play because you look at brown city and k-pack right now they're playing independent schedules and you know that's that's tough to do in eight player football and you know especially you know this late in the game when you're trying to pick up pick up k-pack is in the stars aren't they or the stripe you know what yeah they are actually yeah that's yeah they they were Brought into they yeah, were brought they, into they, the they brought it with yeah. Oakland Christian right that's yeah. true okay so K yeah so K Pack is they'll be fine but uh, yeah Brown City because you want to avoid situations their, their schedule like that. is a jumbled mess right it now. is yeah yeah and lots of travel yeah and 
you know, that's that's the kind of thing that they're trying to avoid with uh, something like this. So, so obviously my brain gets to working when I see something like this. And I just came up with a little idea. Me and Dennis sat on the board and worked on this together. At least a th- proposal I would have if I got to have a say in it, and I never do. <laughs> but what I would try to do is kind of make the best of both worlds. So essentially it's, what, 24 teams – so you split it into east and west, and then you split it into two divisions. Mm-hmm. So you have a super thumb west, and then you take – this is for everything but football. Mm-hmm. And you take the best six teams, or if you want to do enrollment, you do that. And then you have the the A or the B, which is the next best six. And if mm-hmm. you're dominating the B and someone's struggling in the A, you flip up, and then you have that both east and west. So you can still kind of keep the travel down. Mm-hmm. You have the natural crossovers like you did in the Stars, Stripes, east and west. But – if a school starts to struggle a bit, they go down, or if they can move back up. Kind of like a relegation system. Yeah, so yeah. similar yeah. to the MAC, but yeah. um, la- only with two because, yeah. I mean, you would essentially just have the GTC East and then the Eastern NCTL mm-hmm. and then the GTC West with the Western NCTL teams. Yeah. And do something like that where you limit travel, you have the schedule for the crossovers, and if your school's struggling, you can drop down to the the, the smaller division. Right. How often right. are you going to realign though? Like, is it yearly? Yeah, every two years. Every two years. Every like two Mac. years. Yeah. yeah. You just do. It. I think that's one thing the MAC does well is every two years because if you do it every year, I mean, you get one good class and oh, you're going yeah, up. Yeah. It would be. It would be really hard. Yeah. Schools. Yeah. You get one good senior group. That doesn't mean your your programs. Right upward. It's like, no, know. three families had kids at the same time that right. are really athletic. Right. So that's something I would do, and I don't know, that's just a thought. Or, I mean, could you do it like the MAC and have four conferences of six and mm-hmm. have, like, the, the the top of the thumb, the thumb red, yeah. and then go all the way down to the schools that are struggling to get even 100 kids in it at right. the bottom? Right. I just want to say, Brady, you can have a say in this. Because part of this is the hiring of a, a commissioner. Oh, should I apply to be so, commissioner of the Super Thumb League? <laughs> That'd look good on a resume. <laughs> you could be the scheduler should and I, commissioner of the Super Thumb League. You, you wouldn't want to put that schedule together. I mean, I, that, that, would, that be, would be a nightmare. Could you me. imagine? I'm sure. No, because if you have 24 teams, you can get to a. Basically yeah, but, a formula. For, for right. some of those schools, it's you know it's sketchy year to year. You right. don't know how many kids are going to be at Owen Gage and if they're going right. to play sports. And that's sports the one thing that not does playing mess sports and Dryden because schools like that. Dryden, right. Dryden right. had basketball this year, right? They yeah, did. they were decent. They've at had basketball. basketball, yeah. But like Owen Gage didn't. Akron Fairgrove has kind of been in and out, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, with certain things, and your and Caseville is up in the air. So you're right. That's where it would be tough. But, yeah, you know what? Maybe I will apply to be commissioner <laughs> of the Super Thumb. Yeah. And then I can I can be a neutral out, outsider perspective. I have no agendas. Yeah. I just like making schedules. <laughs> I think <laughs> one, like one of the yeah. – <laughs> uh, it, It'll be kind of cool because – uh, with a team like Deckerville, who had been, which had been in the GTC for a long time before they moved back to the NCTL, 
you know, you're going to be able to bring back those rivalries. Maybe not exactly in football just yet, but, but, but I mean, Deckerville-Sandusky, that was a huge rivalry back in the day. Deckerville-Harbor Beach, Deckerville-Ubley. Well, and the other thing this does is let's use from outside the area, USA Softball yeah. can play, doesn't have to play in the NCT. They can go right. play in the Super Thumb West A right. or whatever you'd call it. Right. And now they're playing schools that are – you know, more of their caliber, bigger schools. Right, right. Because they're really good at softball. And I'm sure you can think of examples if when if Pac or CPS has a really good basketball team, they can move up and they'd be playing bad acts and mm-hmm. be playing all those schools. Because, I mean, again, you're from there. You know that some of those rivalries before the the beginning of eight-man football were huge in yeah. all those sports. Yeah, well, we talked about it before we went on there, Peck Brown City. You know, you get to bring that rivalry back. You know that's that's a that's a that's a big, that's a big rivalry, or you know at least it was in football for a little while there. And you know they've played basketball against each other the past couple of years, but I mean that that football rivalry that's a big deal. That that's how Peck and Brown City used to always kick the season off was you know Peck Brown City, and uh, you know Peck Marlette was another big one. Uh, Marlette they're probably a couple more years before they go to a player, but. Uh, this is this is something you know like we said at the beginning this is in its infancy right now this is something that would come along they're hoping for fall of 24 which is i like yeah give yourself that time time. yeah yeah because right now it's basically they're sending out rsvps right right they're sending out save the dates right and figuring out then you can go from there yeah yeah because I, and I think we kind of just speculated on this. If they were to add teams, there's not. I mean, that's basically the that, thumb. That covers it. You know, The yeah. only teams you could maybe add are Otisville-Lakeville. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I don't know why they would, but maybe like a New Haven. But even then, then you're getting yeah. kind of far away. Yeah. The only reason you would is because it would give Memphis a buddy. Right, right. And New Haven has been an NCTL football school for yeah. a while they now. Were the yeah, they were in the STA for a long time. Yeah, yeah. 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 So those would be the only, I guess, possible expansions. Right. Because if you go any further west, that's when you get to the big Saginaw schools. And, right. Right. And, yeah, you're not getting anyone along the St. Clair River. So. Yeah. I'm gonna say that this this just about covers whoever yeah. whoever you you would add can, you who you'd want in the conference. Can I get a girls basketball d- division with Sandusky, Reese, Cass City, Carroll, and Bad Axe in it? Well, you gotta have Kingston too. Yeah, yeah, yeah and <laughs> Kingston. <laughs> Kingston. Yeah, throw, throw them. Yeah, that 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 would be cool. That would yeah. be murder. <laughs> and then one thing, if you did want to have like the promotion, relegation, whatever thing, I just want to ask your opinion because some conferences do it where when they realign, they realign for all sports. Okay. I, th- I want to say the OK conference does that. Okay. So like you have to be really really good to move up, and you have to be really really bad. Or do you like the Mac where in baseball St. Clair's in the white, in football they're in the silver, in basketball they're in the gold, and yeah. things like that? Or do you like saying, this is your conference for all sports. If you struggle enough, you're moving down. If you dominate all of them, you're moving up. Yeah, I, I personally like basing it off of enrollment. You know, it's not the perfect system because, you know, just because you're a bigger school doesn't mean you're good at sports. But I think it does even the playing field, which is, you know, one of the concerns for the NCTL. With, you know, when you have all those smaller schools, they want to play each other. They don't want to play. Right. They don't want to, you know, 
So I, the relegation system would be pretty cool. And if they did do that, I would prefer it to be in all sports just because it would right. be easier for me to keep track right. of. <laughs> all right. Now, yeah. because, well, I guess that would be a good base. If you do that, that would be the baseline to start with. Right. You just start by enrollment and then yeah. you go, okay. Because there's going to be a couple teams that are near the cutoff. Right. Like, I could see Kingston being one of those kind of floaters. Right, like, North Huron some yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird. In the NCTL Stars and Stripes, Peck and North Huron have flip-flopped the last couple of years. And, you know, you, you'd probably see something like that. But, um, you know, it, enrollment, it's, you know, kind of unpredictable. Maybe not unpredictable, but, you know, you're not going to see too much movement. You know, you're not right. going to see huge drops or huge gains. Well, and the difference between 125 and 250 is much different than the difference between 800 and 950. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And I, th I think for some of those bigger NCTL schools, I mean, this is great, especially for sports like basketball, where you get to play all those GTC teams and then go to your Division Four district right. and play schools your size. You know, mm -hmm. I mean that could be huge for them. But um, I think I, it, I think it's a great move just just based on the fact of the flexibility and the travel. Because the travel, I mean, even in the the Greater Thumb East these past couple years, you have Harbor Beach all the way to Memphis. Right. Which, and even that's kind of tricky. Which, you know? in this conference, what would be the theoretical farthest travel? Dennis is probably our best geography guy, <laughs> but I'm assuming it would be like Harbor Beach to... It might still be Harbor, Harbor Beach, Beach to, to Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. Memphis yeah. or... Harbor Beach Bay to K-Pack. Well, yeah, Bay City kind of throws everything off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just depends on who's got to to play who. Like, right. if Bad Axe has to play Memphis, then that's obviously the farthest trip. But if they're not playing each other, right, and that's why I right. kind of suggested the split it into two, have mm -hmm. the East and the West, and then you do the relegation between those two. Yeah, because I mean, like I was just kind of daydreaming that it would almost make sense for North Branch to want to be part of this right, conference, right? But then the BWACs looking for another. Well, team. and then right. North Branch is also four times the size of the. Next yeah, right. that's that's the other. Well, and North issue. Branch, they've been a really good fit for the BWAC. I was I was a little skeptical at first because you know they were kind of a Tri Valley Conference staple, but I I think they're fitting in pretty well with the BWAC. I mean, travel might be kind of an issue eh, for North I mean, Branch, to Algonac, but, but that's a long travel for a lot of teams. Right, in the BWAC. right. That's Don't get me started on my super BWAC. I can solve all these problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was my my other because if North Branch decided they're going into that conference, then then Brady would be over here trying to get Marine City yeah, or Marysville yeah. or somebody yeah. into the BWAC. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or just do, just do it anyway. Add those three and find a 12th team, and then you have a super BWAC, and you don't have to worry. Anyway, um, so <laughs> any other thoughts on the possible Super Thumb Conference? Um, maybe not any thoughts, but just, you know, this is going to be a process. You know, this isn't something that we're going to start seeing next year. Um, this is just something, you know, it's it's very early in the process. I think, you know, a lot of things may change from now until they, you know, actually get this thing going. Right. You know, maybe they do include some other teams. Maybe some schools aren't included. I think 
we're going to have a better understanding of it after they talk to all of the superintendents but and see what they think, you know. It seems like you'd have to have at least six teams say no. Because let's say out of 24 or however, 25, three say no, then they're SOL. Right. That's like, the thing. I Like if, if – North Huron goes, nope, we don't like this. It's like, okay, fine. Where do you go? Yeah, what travel do you do? to yeah. Genesee to play your closest game. Right, exactly. You're an independent, and not only an independent in football, but in every right. sport. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think the NCTL or the GTC would shut a team out of playing them if they decided they were against it. Um, but I do think that majority – of the people are going to be on board as then, long as they And then can. at that point, if you're going to schedule all your games against the teams that are closest to right. yeah, why not just, just do play it in anyway. their league? Yeah, exactly. Right. That's why Morris was in the NCTL for right. a few years. Right. The, uh, the only thing I could see a superintendent being worried about is if you're at one of the smaller schools. But I don't what, think what that's going to be a problem. I like, think you're going to be able to preserve those that smaller division, and you won't have to worry about – Caseville playing bad acts or something. You know, I don't think that's something the, you're yeah, going to have to worry about. The only way that about. would ever happen is if you had, like, a championship where right. you took the right. division winners and they played each other. Oh, there's an idea, too. Yeah, there you I go. Mean, see? Yeah. See? This yeah. is my part Tournament? of my application. Yeah. For, he likes tournaments. Yeah. For a commissioner. <laughs> I, I don't remember which conference it was, but they used to do – Week nine would always be open, and they would do one versus one, two versus two, three versus three. Hmm. Maybe that was one of the Tri Valleys. I, I can't remember which conference did that. Well, but I, I always you, thought you that was like kind of a cool idea. That has that. I mean, yeah. The PSL. They open, keep the last two weeks open. For, yeah. Yeah. For tournaments. Right. And football. I always so thought that would be cool. The, but I mean, city championship. Yeah. Yeah. Before you get into the playoffs. Yeah. But you know, with playoff implications and stuff like that, it's yeah. not really. Yeah. Because the new system. Right. Anyway. The new system. Um, yeah. Anything else on this, Dennis? Uh, not at the moment, but like I, like I say, this is something that isn't going to go away anytime soon No, because they're, they're not even looking at this until like 2024 is when they would institute it. Right. So we're going to have a couple of, of school years to talk about this. Yeah. I feel like information will trickle out. Like you'll hear, oh, well, they will do this or this would be the format. Right. This is what the name would be. And you just get slow little bits of information. Right. I'd imagine you'd want to have it all finalized at the latest the winter of 23 going into 24. Right. At least, yeah. yeah. And the one problem up in the thumb that needs to get fixed before we worry about anything else is in another year or whatever it is, getting Brown City into the NTC. Right, right. Because they are, yeah. Yeah, and that's something, if they they find someone to go into the NCTL with them next year, you know, that's potentially something that could happen. But who's going to go into the NCTL when a conference is walking to death row? Right. Why would... Why I don't know, pick a school? Why would New or New Haven Merritt's already in? Well, it? it would have to be a GTC school, right? Because if you already know that this is going to happen, right. it would have to be another GTC school, maybe Marlette, right. maybe Why would USA. Even for for right, just as an example, walk in knowing they're going to be in there for a year, and then right. they take a bullet, and then they have right. to go crawling back to wherever. Well, and I think they have every intention of getting Brown City included in the NCTL as soon as possible. It was just this year it was so hard because 
they it was so late in the process when they finally did make that decision that you know everything was kind of solidified yeah. with the nctl they made their decision when k-pack made their decision exactly it's they, a real smooth they would have went thing. in with k-pack instead of oakland christian yeah. or you know but um i'm gonna i'm gonna try and get some traction going i, I want croslex in this this mega conference <laughs> no we can't have them croslex it, it, it i love i love covering croslex but big. when they play in the BWAC, it's so hard sometimes to cover them if they if they start playing sandusky or you know brown city well not in football but you know it'd be cool to see them start playing more teams around here but they're such Ugly. an they're such an outlier like they're so much bigger than everybody else but it, it would just make you keep so much your hands easier. off my super b right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can only be commissioner of one league right yeah, Says yeah. Who? <laughs> i know a league where a guy owns four teams <laughs> yeah and look what that league does every yeah. year <laughs> so anyway um we get mike for one more segment yes we do awesome um, yeah let's let's uh let's take a, a break and we will uh, regroup uh and and continue the fun discussion Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 
1-800-987-2185. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hi, this is Dr. William Brady with Life Care Chiropractic in Algonac. If you've been suffering from symptoms of pain or discomfort, I can help. Come visit my staff and I so we can provide relief and help you live a higher quality of life. We're on Point Trumbull Road next to Rite Aid in Algonac. We've got your back in Algonac. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust-proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis, Brady, and Mike. And uh, what do you want? Where do you want to go now? What else is in the thumb that we haven't touched on? Yeah, you know, at the beginning we talked about how it was nice to have content, and I guess maybe that's <laughs> that. That might have been all the content yeah. we had. So. <laughs> well, this third segment might be a lot of BS. Well, we did ask well, a question. Well, BS in it is fun, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a question we talked about a little bit on our last show mm-hmm. about how, and we had talked about this off the year before, about possibly having a dedicated day for eight-player football. Yeah, yeah. And whether that's Thursday nights, Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. we kind of went over the pros and cons, and if you didn't listen to that show just real quick, the pros would basically be the three of us could go and cover those games, right. and you get a lot more. Well, theoretically, a lot more media there. Mm-hmm. Again, there are some late. There are some lazy media members that wouldn't do that. <laughs> right. if, hopefully, I think there's. You don't more want to give not. up your Saturday, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's more that aren't than are. But yeah, well, I think when s- it when it comes to the football football season, like it's it's hard to get a lot of games in. You got those Thursday games the first two weeks, but then after that, it's 
basically just Friday nights. Right. You know, you got your Cardinal Mooney on Saturday right. and stuff or like that. Or an odd homecoming on Saturday. Right, right. So when you have the opportunity to cover another football game, yeah, I'll, I'll take it, yeah. And, I, and the other con is that – the con to that would be it, it makes you feel different. But Dennis brought up a good point that maybe giving you your own night is kind of like making you – Special, like, yeah. Right. Embrace you on a pedestal. it. Right. Don't, don't take it as a negative. Like, embrace right. it. Thursday, say, Thursday night football yeah. is eight man night, yeah. and this is our chance to put on a show. Yeah, I think if I was a player, I'd probably prefer Saturday to Thursday. Because you imagine you play a game on Friday night, the last thing you want to do is go to school the next day. Yeah, you know? but also, I don't want to give up your Saturday because think about yeah. that. Like, yeah. Your Saturday is basically gone right. if you play on Saturday. And right. I understand with some travel that's kind of the necessary part of it. But yeah. just something that, the again, the first time I ever heard it was when you and Folsom covered the Merit CPS game. Yeah. And it was like, when is this game ever going to get covered right. in the, on a Friday? Right. Well, and I believe that was uh, – I, I think that was the Thursday. I want to say it was a Thursday at like 4.30. Right, that was the thing. It started earlier, so we got to that one, and then we both went our separate ways to another game, which I guess you couldn't really do that. I mean, you could, but, you know, it's it, if you're going to go cover a game, you want to cover the whole game. Yeah. You know, we were just doing that just for an opportunity to see CPS and New Haven Merritt for a half. Or, you know, for three quarters or something. Right. So I think it would it would have to be a dedicated day, not you know just playing games earlier. But you know, I I'm all for it. I mean, any opportunity to cover more football, as as long as the kids are cool with it, um, because you know you might feel a little bit slighted that you don't get to play on Friday nights. I mean, because that is a pretty big deal. But I don't know. The first two weeks of the season, you got teams playing on Thursdays anyway. Well, you don't go to school the next day though. That's true. So it's, yeah, every that's day true. Is a Friday. Yeah, that's true. That's but, true. Uh, it's, I don't well, know. And I, you also got to you also got to consider practice. Like if you're playing on a Thursday, that means you get three days of practice. Yeah, I mean, unless well, you're practicing on. Well, Friday, Friday, I'm assuming you would go in, you'd get your game you'd plan your ready. Film, yeah. So that would just be because yeah. Monday practices aren't much anyway. Those are film days. Mo- yeah, yeah, you watch film yeah. and maybe you go set up scout team. Right. And you don't usually have a like a hard nosed practice. Right. So you just move that to Friday. You'd come in, you'd watch the film, and then you say, "Go enjoy your weekend." Right. Or you yeah. go out there and just the practice jerseys. Say, "Okay, this is what the look's going to be for next week." Yeah. Um, when we come back on Monday, these are all your roles. Yeah. Or if you're taking Friday off, practice for a couple hours Saturday morning. Right. And you still have your whole weekend. Well, right. if you play Saturday, do you does that that gives you five days of practice, or is there like an MHSA rule that I don't limits you? Think or there's a I know there's a rule of like contact that you can't, but I don't okay. think there's a total number. Right. Um. And if you played Saturday, something else that could happen, and this is just us me being selfish. If you had a one o'clock game and then a seven o'clock game, that'd you be can cool. Double dip. That'd be cool. CPS yeah. CPS plays at one, and yeah. I don't know. Peck plays at seven. Yeah. You can do two games in yeah. a day. Yeah. Well, I was kind of bummed. Uh, Peck, you know, they were the only school that did Saturday homecomings for a long time because it was kind of tradition. You know, Peck always played on Saturdays because they never had lights you know they they played all their games on saturday i didn't know that yeah they didn't have any lights until mm, i guess i don't really know when they brought the field lights in but they kept that saturday game as a tradition because you know they used to always play on saturdays 
and you know so they they don't have that anymore you know and you know i i understand you know it's tough for the people that have to be in charge of running homecoming and everything like you'd rather just get it all done on friday and then you got your weekend and you know there's a lot of things that go into doing a homecoming on saturday but i always did like that tradition i always saw it it was unique, you know. It had a cool backstory, and you know, Peck was the only school that was doing it for a while. So I you, thought it, I thought it was kind of a cool thing, but and when you played at Peck, what game got the most coverage? Oh, the only game that got coverage was a homecoming game, you know. And it it wouldn't just be the Sanilac County News; it'd be the Times Herald. Yep. Paul Costanzo would be at our games, you know. Thumb Tailgate or the radio, you know, everybody would be there just because we were the only show in town, you know, and. Uh, I believe we played Memphis one year and Kingston the other year, and uh, it's usually Peck Kingston. It was Peck North Huron for a couple years. It was Peck CPS for a few years before they went eight player. So I mean, usually it's a it's a rivalry game. You know, it's it's you know they're not just scheduling cupcakes for homecoming. You know, yeah. like, but, and, I, and I get it. it. Cool to play on a Friday night, but. Put it in, in this perspective, You're, it, it's the CPS game on a Friday night, but Sandusky's playing Ubley, right. Crosslex um, playing, playing right. North Branch. You right. know, everybody's at those games, nobody's covering your game, but if right. you play on a Thursday or a Saturday, all of a sudden, we're there. Right. You're there. Times Herald's got somebody there. Thumb right. Tailgater's there. We're arguing over space in the booth. Right, right. Uh, you know, and, and – right. Well, you guys, you guys know guys how are the it stars goes. All there, of a there's there's weeks where you're not going to be able to cover all the good games. You know, sometimes <laughs> some sometimes yes. there's a week. Yes, there sometimes is. there's a week where there's only one game that you really need to cover. But then there's other weeks where crap. You know, we yeah. got five games that we should be covering. And you know, if you did space it out a little bit more, that you know that you could cover a lot more of those games because it really is hard to make those decisions sometimes. You know, especially because at the end of the day, it kind of sucks, but those smaller schools usually end up, you know, being the ones that get cut out of coverage. You yeah, know, right. when you have Croslex North Branch or Peck North Huron, you kind of got to go Croslex North Branch. And, you know, same thing for the GTC games. Like you said, Sandusky Ubley. Yeah, that's probably going to beat out CPS well, Pack. And we used a real world example from what we do Cardinal Mooney plays on Saturdays, as you mentioned. Mm hmm. We love Cardinal Mooney. They have great people down there. Mm-hmm. We may, might, maybe, would have done one Mooney game. Right. We right. did every one of their home games last year, mm-hmm. and we have every one of their home games on the schedule this year because they're the only team playing that day. Mm-hmm. And little Cardinal Mooney and Dennis, you were lucky enough to see one of their best teams in a long time. Yeah. We got to talk, and it's different when you get to see him. You know, yeah. Mike, oh, yeah. you can only yeah. extrapolate so much from a box. Score. Right. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's and you feel good about giving guys like, like Brendan Hazen later, if he was a running back anywhere else, we talk about him a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk about Trent Rice because he is a special athlete. Yeah. But, Dennis, you could probably name three other guys on that Mooney football team that we probably wouldn't have known about that much had you not gotten to see yeah. them. And, right. and, and they're really good players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're really yeah. good players. And, you know, the, you also 
you go, oh, well, they, they play in a little league against – oh, they're playing some pretty good teams. Right. I, right. I saw Shrine play. Shrine was pretty good. Yeah. You know, uh, they played Whitmore Lake. That was a fun game. Uh, the, the, that playoff game against Rochester Luther Northwest, I don't know much about Rochester Luther Northwest, but they had an 11-and-a-half-minute drive oh. to win a football game in the playoffs. That's beautiful. Right. And how many – and maybe I'm being too idealistic, and you can that can be a fair criticism. But how many hidden gems would there be if, like, even let's use your alma mater, the Abargo Twins when they were at Peck, mm-hmm. if they were at even, let's just use Croslex right, right down the road, right, they would have been on every article, every game right. would have been about them, right. But they are at Peck, and they were. Not forgotten about because I know Paul Costanzo did a really good job he did, yeah. covering them as best he could, mm-hmm. but they weren't like the main attraction. Right. But if you had a day for that, it's like, hey, it's it's Thursday. You need to go see. I mean, you could probably name three guys you would tell people right. to go see at Deckerville or Peck or CPS. Right. Well, and it's it's when you have, and especially for you guys with your coverage area, it's hard to make sure you get everybody in. You know, you got nine weeks and you got the playoffs, and, you know, there's there's certain weeks where, okay, I know I'm covering this game, I know I'm covering that game, and, you know, you it, sometimes it's hard to spread yourself out, and you may only see a team one time, and that's not really fair to that team, you know. Right. It, you you want to cover them as much as you can, regardless of if they're good or not, and that that's that's been my thing you know and that's something that dale ball did a really good job of just because you're not good doesn't mean you don't deserve to get covered right you know this is high school sports i've had that argument with uh people for a lot of years well, yeah i know you're not winning but i still want your you score. still got you still got to cover still yeah i know about your kids it's, right it's the some of the coaches and granted right. i think Every coach we've asked for has been pretty good about. Yeah, what. and I understand sometimes you lose a tough game. Your first thought isn't, "Well, let me send Brady right. the score." <laughs> right, yeah. but no. but or somebody just whipped you seventy to nothing. But right, but still somebody on your team did something, and we can say their name. Right, right. Let, right. All right again, Put we'll use a real paper. example. Port here on high baseball was not that good this year. But Cade Hansel had an outstanding season. Yeah. I think he he got a hit in almost every game, mm-hmm. and he was a legit all star in the area. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't, if you don't, if they didn't put their stats in Game Changer or whatever, we wouldn't have known about him. Right. And that's a bigger school, but that's just one example. Right. Right. And you know, it's it's important to make sure you cover all the teams. You know, and sometimes it is hard. But especially during the football season, because when you look at volleyball and basketball, I mean, you could go out to a game every night. Same thing with baseball and softball. Yeah, I mean, that's not. It's as not hard. as hard to get everybody covered. But football, it's a little bit tougher, you know, because it's one. Well, usually one night a week. Right. Yep. Well, and uh, another thing, um, this is it's kind of more unfortunate than anything, but. The past couple of years, CPS has played quite a few Thursday games, even later on in the season, because of the ref shortage. Which and is I think the one positive. We're gonna we're gonna start oh, seeing yeah. more of that. You know, th- th- there's not enough refs to go around on Friday nights. We're gonna start to see Thursday and Saturday games out of necessity, not out of 
Well, we had you know. Elmont Algonac last year. Yeah. yeah. And yep. we did, I did throw ha, out there. Had, had, I, had we known like a few hours sooner, mm-hmm. I would have actually, I, I ended up going and watching the game, but we would have gone out and broadcast. I think right. it was like right. Thursday morning we found out. Yeah. yeah. They made the decision like yeah. Wednesday night and we yep. found out Thursday morning. Yep. But, and I threw this out last podcast so if you want to spread the news i said if any eight-man team peck deckerville cps mm-hmm. want to dedicate and have thursday or saturday as their day i will go up and do their home games yeah oh yeah i have, I have thrown that out there right that if they want we're not i'll put my money where my mouth is <laughs> i'll i'll drive up to peck or deckerville four five times uh, in the fall yeah i'll do some eight-man and well, we we already have one eight man game on the schedule because yeah. it's on a different day. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to start dusting off the book of eight man football because it is a little different. Yeah, the terminology. Which game is that that you guys got scheduled? Well, we'll tell you after the okay after the because okay. I don't want it to go off the rails and okay. change and it's a wrong date and then yeah. we don't yeah have okay. it. But we yeah. talked about the game before we got on the air. Okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, well, I mean, eight player. Uh, it's it definitely is different, but I I love it. I think it's it's fantastic. It's a different game, you know. Especially when you see uh, a lot of the teams around here. You know, we're running the wing tee. We're gonna run the ball fifty times a game, and it's nice to see a little change of pace, a little spread it out, and get your athletes in space. And you know, it, you can't say one is better than the other. They're just different, and it's, it's different it's cool. strokes for different folks. Right, it's cool. Uh, I, I love offense and mm-hmm. any any sport where I can see four touchdowns in under a minute sometimes. Right, because right. it does happen. Not as yeah. much as when they first started. Playing right, it, defensive defenses have gotten a little bit better at defending it, but it, it's tough. It's tough to play defense. And in I know the younger crowd probably. Um, won't remember, but when the arena football was around yep. and you watch that, it's basically what, arena football but outside? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the best way to describe it, would you say? Yeah, I would say so. And, you know, it's having that one athlete like a Cody Abrigo at Packer, yeah. Kyla Abrigo, like makes a humongous difference, you know, because it's, you know, less players on the field, less I mean, opportunities. Um, yeah. The Deckerville, who was the kid that scored six touchdowns? Ethan Bowerman. Yes, yeah. Bowerman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And when it, it does let, I, I guess this could be a, some people would say it's a negative, but if you have a, a star, they mm-hmm. will shine. Exactly. Yes. They exactly. Will shine. We were talking yep. about the kid from Powers North Central. Yep. That what you said never lost a football game. Right. Right. Yep. And you know that that makes it kind of cool, especially you How know much when, fun would you have had watching Jake Townsend. Play Eight quarterback play. Yeah. for yeah. Deckerville or CPS. Right. Or right. He, he yeah he lived ten miles to the west and yeah. was at Peck. I mean, he kind of put up eight player numbers anyway. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it would have been ridiculous. Space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. against somebody, he would have scored eight or ten touchdowns. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it is possible. Yeah. Well, and like at the beginning of eight player football, that was like a way bigger thing because there was you know fewer schools and. You know, and there wasn't. A, you just didn't know how to, because you can't. Right, t- uh, you right. can't take eleven man principles. You right. just go. All right. Well, we just won't cover in this zone. We just take out the will backer. Yeah. And the, the the boundary corner and there. There's yeah. our coverage. Like no, it's, you're gonna have to do. You can't really zone with 
five guys behind. Right. They have to basically go man-to-man and then yeah. figure out what to do from there. Yeah, and it's hard to imagine now because Owen Gage doesn't have football anymore. But when they first started out, they always had one guy that was really good. They had Nick Zaleski right off the bat when they first went to eight player. And I'm pretty sure he had a game where he had like 10 or 12 touchdowns. Like, like he was just insane. And then they had a, a running back named Quinn Smith, I believe his name was, rushed for over 3,000 yards in a season. Like just ridiculous. And it's kind of cool to see that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now I can understand why people might say that's a little gimmicky. You know, it's, a, it's different than 11 yeah. player. But Nick Zielinski has the eight player touchdown record in a game. He scored 11 against Posen. Yeah. Nine rushing and two kickoff returns. Yeah. This See, was like that, the first year. Imagine was, you watched that game. Also, like that, Ethan that'd be awesome. Bowerman is now officially in the record books as the scoring the most touchdowns in a quarter Perfect. in eight-man history. Perfect. Because I, I know we sent that in when that happened. Yeah. And it took yeah. a little time to get it updated. I think updated. they just yeah. updated at the end of the school. Like, they just get yeah. the list and they go, all right. Dude, could, dude, you, dude. could you look also, at the – Also, Justin Ritchie is number two. Yeah, yep. he was a CPS yes. kid, yep. yep. Um, Ethan Bauer, well, the, he scored seven in a game. Yeah. <laughs> he took the foot off the gas after yeah. the quarter. Yeah. He's tied He got a third. little tired, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were looking for what, c- c- rushing career yards? Yeah, I don't know if, if it would be um, in there. Or yards in a season. Yards, they only have two, and it, it stops at 2,400. Okay. Uh, in a game, he, the Zelensky kid had 431 okay. in that same game. Yeah. That's not a bad and, day. And Richie yeah. had 464, good for second all-time against yeah. Akron Fairgrove. Yeah. Justin Richie was kind of right after CPS had their big runs when they had Hayden Adams and Trevor Adams and Steve Kohler. and kid from Morris, Jake Rivers, scored two 99-yard touchdowns in the same season. How? Like, <laughs> three weeks apart. He did it against um, Dryden on September 18th of 15, and then did it against North Huron on uh, October 9th of that year. Like, what? I wish I wish the uh, the eight-player record book on MHSA is pretty incomplete. Uh, like, it, well, they, when you I compare think they, they might have updated it since. Yeah. But, again, if you don't, don't, if you don't submit anyone, it, yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, guess what? If you play it on a different day, media might be able to. Right. <laughs> that too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I didn't it's see 180 it's, yards of touchdowns in 14 seconds last year. You did in an 11 man game. Oh, cr- I had, I had legs? No, I had the 100 yard pick six. Oh yeah, and then the <laughs> next play from scrimmage was an 80 yard touchdown. Oh man, yeah, that was Mooney. Uh, <laughs> that was the Mooney playoff game. Yeah, wow. Anyway, so. Yes, we did do some BSing in this segment. A little bit, but yeah. That's what the summer is. If you want to hear some Owen Gage football stories from back Bulldogs. in the day, <laughs> yeah, the Bulldogs. I, yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> Bulldogs, yeah. Their last season, they actually had a Bulldog on the sidelines. He that's would awesome. dress up, wear a jersey. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. I just, uh, when I worked in Carroll, one of the first uh, games that I did, it wasn't the first game, but it was like the second or third game I did, we went out to Owen Gage, and they didn't have a press box, but yep. they had a camper. Oh. And they put us on top of the camper to wow. call the game. I think I think they have a press box now, but it, it's always weird because their their baseball field overlaps onto their football field. Like Those are always cool to see. Little chunk of <laughs> I would never want to play there or anything, but it's cool to look at it and go, huh, "That's neat." Right, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you'll get those um, fields where like center fields five hundred and thirty <laughs> right. feet from home plate, <laughs> right? Because it's the football field <laughs> right. running down. There's the no outfield fence. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, oh yeah, before we let you go, yeah. Do, do the eight man schools have press boxes? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So good. So the, yeah, someone's guys, not going to call yeah, me and be yeah. like, "All right, you're sitting in a lawn chair." Yeah. In the end. So no, you, you'll CPS be fine. CPS has a great feel. CPS has a great one. Uh, Deckerville has a great press box. Peck has a pretty good one. Um, you know, pretty pretty spacious. I mean, if you guys are going to be the only ones there, you'll you'll be fine. So yeah, after week two, because obviously week one and two is funky. Yeah. But if you play on a day that I'm not doing a game, yeah. let us know. Yeah. And I will do everything to get there. Yeah. I guess that goes to K-Pack and Brown City, too. I have to get used to calling them eight-man. Right. That, I, Brown City is going to have some Saturday games, but you're not going to want to. No, I'm go, not driving Those are going to be on the road. Yeah. You want to go to Britain Deerfield? Oh, yeah. No, that's the close <laughs> one. You want to go to Sutton's that Bay? That is a close that's one, yeah. Cl- I bet you Sutton's Bay is very nice. Is yeah. Sutton's Bay in the UP? No, it's, it's north of Traverse City. Okay. It's but in it's the up Grand there. Traverse yeah. Bay yeah. or whatever it's called. Like, Traverse City is... Here and it's like in that okay. little part where it's like a bunch of bridges to get to all the land. Yeah. Sending, we're sending Brady to Messick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you done? Uh, I think I'm done. <laughs> okay. We're going to thank Mike again and for, thanks yeah, to thanks for having me. Yeah. Through yeah. That third segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. I had fun. Yeah. All right. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.